0: Hello, and welcome to another Mega Bros podcast. My name is Danny,
1: and I'm Donnie.
0: And Donnie, we are gonna chalk it up to some loose balls tonight. Yeah, loose balls.
1: Everybody loves some loose balls.
0: <laughs> if you've been listening to us faithfully, and I assume you all have, because why not? Um, we have been pretty hard on Marvel and Sowers lately. A little, little football sprinkled in. Um, we are gonna start with football, I believe, but uh, you know, we want to take a little break and, and get some rants and things off our chests while we had a, a moment.
1: The kinds of things that just, you know, little bite-sized podcast type of things, nothing that we can make a full thing out of. Well, I mean, we probably could if we wanted to, but, you know, we just end up saying the same thing over and over again and probably just make a lot of fart jokes.
0: I mean, that's all, all our conversations devolve into as fart jokes.
1: They really do. I mean, honestly, the, the entire premise of this podcast is that it's a timer to see just how long we can last before we turn into fart jokes.
0: <laughs> There's a prize in it if you can if you can guess the time early enough. And, Honestly, and that would probably be a great like gambling prop. Yeah, that's pretty good. Let's get it on DraftKings. <laughs> we'll work on that.
1: We're not endorsing that though.
0: No, we are certainly not yet. But moving right into our first top because I think it's it's one that we could probably go on for a little bit about, um, and that is what the hell. Are the Patriots doing in their coaching staff? Oh my god, I thought you'd never ask,
1: because I have no fucking clue. I mean, Josh McDaniels left, which, I mean, alright, full disclosure, I have been wishing for this day for the past ten years. <laughs> yep, agreed. <laughs> um, I, 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 Dan, what do I Do you, like six texts a week, roughly, about how McDaniels is a fucking moron and can't call plays to save his life?
0: Every game there's at least one text, yep. and it, it so. at least something.
1: I, yeah, I don't, look, I don't I do not do those on the play calls that work out, because, you know, I'm not some sort of moron here, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, God, no.
1: You know, I, I mean, look, I like Josh McDaniels. I think he's a great developer of talent. I think play calling has always been his weakness, but, you know, I wish him all the best in Las Vegas. Um, Lord knows that team is a dumpster fire, personality-wise. I mean, mm-hmm. on the field, sure, no, good team. You know, Derek Carr, decent quarterback. The rest of the team, like, you know, very nice. But, uh... They, it seems like there's quite a few guys on the team that just do not understand how to carry themselves in Vegas. So he's uh, a <laughs> good luck with that, Josh.
0: He's got his work cut out for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, but what has been left in <laughs> absolute fucking shambles is the Patriots front office situation and coaching tree. Because he took Dave Ziegler with him, who was our okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the heads up here. I can never keep the title straight because that's how Belichick fucking wants it. Um, yep. Because he, you know, everybody has every title except the important ones, which, you know, quite frankly, um, I'm too big and fat to get to be arsed to read them, so we're just gonna go with Dave Ziegler left. He was the top guy. Now it's Matt Groh apparently, um, between him and Elliot Wolf, I guess they're splitting most of the GM duties because, you know, God forbid we have an actual fucking general manager. Because again, no. Belichick, um, yep, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> I'm not complaining about it, but I'm just pointing it out. Thing I will is, though. Be complaining about it. Yeah, you 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 certainly will, and that's this is this is our dynamic. This is how it goes. Yep. Uh, offensively, supposedly Joe Judge is back on the offensive staff. Um, supposedly Matt Patricia is helping out with that, or possibly in a front office role. Uh, he may also just be lurking behind the scenes and eating everybody's bear claws. I I could not tell you. <laughs>
0: I would not be surprised on any of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just you just like kind of hear that shuffling, and someone tells you to sit it up straight. You look around to see who it was, and you realize your breakfast is gone. Yeah, Matt Patricia.
0: <laughs> Always Pat <Matt> Patricia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, come on. Like, well, you, you, I, I know you got some thoughts on this.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I, I think at this point, Belichick is just surrounding himself with yes men and he's been doing it for a while. Don't get me wrong, but I, I thought someone like Joshua McDaniels is probably the last person that could push back on him and be able to do that. And I, I'm glad that Josh McDaniel's was gone. I also wanted him out. Uh, I had the same problems with his play calling. I thought he <laughs> <laughs> he really knew how to kill the momentum of a game. I oh, think that was I, that's like his biggest fault is that everything's going fine and then it's a you know a first and ten draw play and then it's you know another run right up the middle that goes for nothing and now you're in third and nine for no reason, which um,
1: is when he calls a nice halfback draw to Brandon Bolden for two
0: yards, right. So, like, what the hell? I've had my problems with him, and, and in general, I'm glad he's gone. But <laughs> what they're replacing it with, I don't get it. I'm i I'm, I'm not going to start the fire Bel- Belichick train yet, but I just want you to know that I've pulled it out of the station. <laughs> I uh, am very disappointed in this particular offseason so far. Uh, I think bringing someone in like Joe Judge, who... Doesn't have a great record in, with the Giants. And, um, oh, who's their, their young quarterback that he screwed up over there? Daniel Jones. I mean,
1: Daniel Jones was a trash fire before a judge got there. Let's not
0: let's not lay that all on him. Okay. I won't lay it all on him. I don't. He think didn't that help, that, though. No, he didn't help. And now he's going to be taking care of Mac Jones. And I, I still think that ultimately everything goes through Bill. So, you know, if Bill's going to coach Mac Jones, and I, I still feel good about it, um, I just think at the age he's at, uh, what he's accomplished, you know, the guy's no spring chicken. I think he, he would have been better off getting you know, some bigger names on coaching and or, or getting someone who could completely take the offense off his plate. It's just someone like that. I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't love what he's done so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would have rather seen – I would rather have seen someone like Bill O'Brien come home. Mm-hmm. Um, I would yep. have rather seen him hire like any one of these like McVeigh disciples. Like bring in someone like that who has like the offensive innovation. You can teach him how to be, you know, a fucking film nerd. Like that's and – and, and I agree with you that I think Bill is getting a little too crotchety, you know, in his old age. I think he is surrounding himself with the guys that he's already worked with. Um And that's getting to be a smaller and smaller list because the league keeps fucking hiring these guys for some reason, which is an entirely different podcast because why?
0: They never Um, work out.
1: (laughs) No. I mean, look, the most successful ones have been Bill O'Brien, who fucking crashed and burned as soon as he got personnel control in Houston, and Brian Flores, who, guess what, is suing the league for fucking racism. (laughs) Which, A, good luck to Brian Flores on that one, but also B, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, he he (laughs) – I hope he wins, but – yeah, he's out there fighting the good fight. Let's put it that way.
0: He he definitely shot his career in the foot.
1: <laughs> yeah, although now he's he's a defense he's a linebackers coach with Pittsburgh. So
0: hmm.
1: good for him. Yeah, good for him indeed. Um, fuck Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah just just so we're all clear on that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, and on the defensive side, I mean, it kind of seems like the stuff that I've been reading has been weird, where it's like you know Steve Belichick seems to be the defensive coordinator, but Gerard Mayo is like helping out, but like. He tells people he's like training to be a head coach, not a coordinator, um, and, and and like I did read something about how like black coordinators basically never get a shot at anything because you know mm-hmm. racism and why right. Brian Flores is suing the league, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like the most stupidest, far fetched blame to me, and I but you know I also just don't think that if you know I, I mean what. What's going on there? Because that defense fucking collapsed the last four weeks of the season. Like, if I'm Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick, I'm looking at myself in the mirror like, what the fuck happened, and how do I make sure it never happens again? Because, like, that was absolute trash. Like, what that team turned into the last four weeks of the of, no, 21-21 season, um, if that team shows up, we ain't winning five games. Period. Like, that it was, it, it was terrible. That team got bullied by the Colts, got their shit pushed in twice against the Bills— you know, I mean, it was they There were, and even lost to the fucking Dolphins like a bitch. Like you know, that, that's what I'm sick of. You want to you, you want to know what I hate? I hate losing to the Dolphins because the Dolphins have been a trash team for the last 20 years. But we lose them to them in Miami anyway because like it's a little bit hot and everybody just fucking dies. I hate that
0: so much. <laughs> that, that that is annoying as hell. <laughs> it really is.
1: Like every year they're trash, and every year we fucking lose to them.
0: It's just you could set your clock to it, honestly.
1: Yeah, just disgusting. Um,
0: but but to piggy off piggyback off what you said about the defense, it something definitely went wrong there. Uh, and to me, I hate the nepotism of, of Brian Belichick being on the staff. And I know that's not uncommon throughout the league. Um, I you know the Lombardi's are out there, and uh, Shanahan's kid is always coaching. So I, it's not a Bill thing, but it's a league thing, and I don't like it. I, I don't know that you know Brian Belichick would be calling defensive plays. Anywhere else in the league? Uh, what's I don't even know that he has football experience. I think he. Played... I, I just want to
1: point out you're pointing out you're pointing at the wrong Steve. You're pointing at the wrong Belichick.
0: Oh, uh, I'm sorry.
1: Brian Belichick is the safeties coach.
0: You're right. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong son on the staff. Yes. Yeah, sc- yeah. Excuse me for making
1: your point while also correcting
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen Belichick. In any case. I also would have liked to seen the Belichick kids off the staff and, you know, Gerard Mayo, if he is not going to be named the defensive coordinator, I think in situations like this, it kind of, it kind of hurts. I I wonder if, you know, one of the things that kind of fell apart at the end of the year was do players sit in those meetings and say, am I going to listen to Gerard or am I going to listen to Steven? Am I going to, you know, listen to the coach's son? who I probably have to listen to, or Gerard Mayo, who was a player and I can relate with. So it's a, it's just a weird dynamic to me. And I don't know that that's the reason that they fell apart, but I don't think it helped.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't think Steve Belichick got to his position by being Belichick's son. I think he got there by, you know, working hard, just like every other asshole in that building. But... Um... It certainly didn't hurt, you know. And and yeah, you want to talk about nepotism? It's around the fucking league. I mean, like Shanahan, you know, Kyle Shanahan, like is a is a good coach, but how, would he get those chances without his dad being Mike Shanahan? I don't know. You know, Sean mcveigh has like you know like what is it? um Like three generations of NFL shit mm-hmm. in his in, in his bloodline. Like you know, you're there's very few people in there that aren't you know the somebody's son or brother. And when you really look at it, like down low like that, you're like, ah, fuck, this is just a rich guy's thing. You know, and we could spend all day on that, too. But, you know, speaking of asshole rich guys with nothing better to do... (laughs) Baseball.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is going to be a real fun with this shit on. Oh, man.
1: I... What the fuck are they even doing now? Manfred came out today and said that, you know, they're probably going to start canceling games now.
0: Yeah, I think they, they had a self-imposed deadline of 5pm today that if they didn't reach an agreement then the basically the first week of the first month of the season was gone and that came and went. Uh, so we are already going to miss games uh, and it, it sounds like the players and the owners are nowhere near each other. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't I don't know which direction I want to go on this more if I want to shit on, you know, billionaires or if I want to shit on a dying boomer sport because um, they both are very fruitful and I can go on for hours on them
1: <laughs> I mean we absolutely could I mean I, I think like the you know well, let's just make the the mega bros stance clear on this we're always for people stated up for you know the money they deserve you know and and, mm-hmm. and their and their recognition and rights and all that fun stuff um yep. but it is important to note here that baseball is a dying boomer sport that no one cares about and the only reason it makes as much money as it does is because of boomers
0: and I, I, I think they've been such a slow, if not like impossible, sport to make any kind of changes to their game. And they have annoying beat writers and people that cover the game who, like, you know, feed into it. And and one example that comes right off the top of my head, I think the game has been taken over by nerds. And by that I mean the stat geeks who run their algorithms and have never played baseball but can put names into all the little databases and they spit out a number that says, you know, left-handed hitter against right-handed batter in this situation, you do this. So there's no, like, thinking. There's no feel for the game anymore. It's just this is the situation. This is what you do. And most of the league feels like that's what it is to me. Right, Uh
1: you're just watching a bunch of guys play the percentages. I mean, honestly, if I want that, then I will go play fucking D and D. Like, much more entertaining than watching Mike Trout do literally anything.
0: It's it's boring as hell, and you know, to the the thing that annoys me the most about it now is one of the things that is that has, you know, been made a lot bigger is the shift. And for people that aren't familiar with the shift in, in baseball, basically if you imagine people standing in their positions on the field, they'll shift everyone to one side, which is statistically where the hitter is going to hit it. And generally, it always works, and they get their out. Um, and I, I forget the numbers, I think, from, like, I'm making this up, but it's it's mostly true. From, like, <laughs> 1990 to 2010, there were, like, something like, you know, 100 and something shifts. But from the last, like, three years, there's been 4,000 shifts. So, it's yeah. gone up, because the stats and the nerds say that. And you have the old boomer types that are saying, well, you cannot law the shift. It's been that way for 160 years. You can't change anything about baseball. <laughs> and you can't change anything because that has been the way for 160 years. I mean, <laughs> I, I think we've proven as a society that maybe you should make some of those changes. I mean,
1: 160 years ago, black guys weren't allowed to play either. So are we going back to that too? Like, come on, let's not be stupid.
0: It, it's it's just the, the worst convergence of, you know, the millennials and youngers and the boomers picking their battles and like you know the stack stacky versus the old guard and it's just <laughs> it's a sport that deserves everything it's getting in terms of negative press right now
1: yeah and you know i mean you want to talk about just like anti-competitive shit like i mean the owners have like literally turned things into just the worst fucking thing like they've you know again you want to talk about bringing the nerds in like they've checked and figured out exactly when guys hit their peak, hit their prime, and they just straight up stop paying them outside of that. Like, I mean, it's it, like it, it's it's like an absolute perversion of what analytics in sports should be. And I think part of the problem too is just baseball intrinsically is a terrible team sport because baseball is one guy versus nine at a time. That's it. There is, like, there's no team versus team. It's one guy versus nine. It's the batter versus all those other assholes trying to make sure he doesn't get on base. And, you know, you talk about things like the shift. You talk about, like, these um, situational pitching matchups. Like, Joe Maddon ruined the entire game for, for people when he was coaching the Rays for a bit there because apparently, like, that's just... His entire mission was to make that game as unwatchable as possible. And, look, as someone who... You know, went to a couple of bars in the mid 2010s Yes, that's exactly what happened. It was terrible, and I hated watching it. And I watched something else. I would have rather watched soccer than watch yeah, the Rays play baseball.
0: Yeah, and, and and that's what every team does now. the The Red, like, if you're a small market team, I get it because you can't afford those big name pitchers. But like the Red Sox and the Yankees do it, like they they go into game saying this is a bullpen game, in that they're not going to have a starter who's going to go, you know, five or six innings. They're going to have someone to go three innings and they're going to have their matchups going. And it's just it's such a slog because every pitching changes a commercial. Then you have to get let the guy warm up and then he has to throw his pitch. And there's no pitch clock so he can take three minutes in between everything. It's just how we've gotten here. To how and the every game is team now.
1: plays 162 oh games God. of that. Like he left, he left out the worst fucking part.
0: Like, oh, it's, it's unbearable. Oh, it's a
1: fucking slog.
0: So I, I, and then to top it all off, I don't even. It's from what it sounds like, what they're arguing about the players and the owners, um, isn't even the on-field stuff. It's they all want to talk about their financials and their off-field stuff. Which, as a you know a fan, I can't imagine anyone gives a shit about. Um, I I would think more than anything, you want to hear that they're trying to make these changes. They want faster games. They want pitch clocks. They want maybe even you know cut the season down. But they're not even considering it.
1: I mean that—that's kind of the whole thing for me. Like, I just sit here and I look at the way sports just keeps going, and I'm gonna—I'm using American sports in general here. Mm-hmm. It keeps getting more and more expensive to go to a game. It keeps getting more and more expensive to watch a game. You know, it keeps getting more and more expensive to buy anything related to a team. You know, and you know you're—you're you're sitting there like this all costs me more and more money, and what am—what am I getting out of it? Because the games aren't enjoyable to watch, like. I used to like watching the Red Sox when David Ortiz was there. You know, like I loved watching the Red Sox, you know, those, you know, when they were a bunch of scrappy little assholes, you know, that was fun. Uh, you know, you, you talk about 2004, you talk about 2007, like shit, I went, I went to Fenway for a couple of games in, in 07 and 08 and 09. Like that was enjoyable as hell, but that's not, that's not what you get to do anymore. Like and you talk about baseball, like it's 162 games, and it's like you know what? What do you do to keep track of it? Do you play fantasy baseball? Like, I mean, who who has the time? But they just keep wanting to just like jam more and more and more and more in there, and at some point you just like who asked for this much? Like, what what value is 162 baseball games besides gate receipts for the people in you know Boston, Los Angeles? New York, and then you know revenue sharing for the other third twenty seven assholes. You know, like it, it's it, just. I, I I would I would very much like for baseball to just go away. I, I just I, like as a sport, I don't care for it. Um, the nerds have solved it. I don't. It's not interesting to me. You know, go yeah. go socks, but that's about it.
0: it. It it's between the four major sports because I I think. Um, that's important to describe because we always—that's the ones we care about, you know, basketball, football, hockey, baseball. Yeah, um, I'll care about
1: soccer for when it's World Cup season, but honestly, that's just a root on America, and then everyone else can suck it.
0: And America kind of sucks, so we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah,
1: but women's World Cup, go yeah,
0: yeah. Women—the women's team is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, analytics works too well in baseball, and you know, just one example on that. And in, in football, like, there's been this, you know. Surgeons of of analytics where you should go on fourth down more and getting the two-point conversion is more important than you think early in the game Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the statistics might prove that out but i think it bites people in the ass if they just take it you know as a blind stat like for example if you're not if you're not you don't have a feel for the game and you you know don't take into account that you went for fourth down on the last drive and it failed so if you go for it again now you're really giving the momentum um there's still like the human element to it, but yeah, you can baseball, still Josh
1: McDaniels and call a you know a fucking <laughs> screen for negative three yards on a fourth and one.
0: Right, you can still fuck it up with a bad <laughs> play call, and just like the way the the football works, it can it bounce weird. Like there's so many different like different things about it. Whereas baseball, they found a way to take out the human element, so it's it's all the analytics analytics bear everything out. And again, because it's a 162 game season, the the nerds don't care about you know. One play here, one game there. They in their analytics, their algorithms, over a long season, it all bears out. So they don't care, and that just is a terrible way to watch a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, watching watching a game as a, as you know, basically just a small sample statistical analysis is just barf worthy. But yeah, no. the one thing I do want to say about you know you, you brought this up about football, and I think that's a great point. Like, but what the analytics in football are doing right now is like actually giving you interesting football because I'm gonna. I'm going to share a little secret with you, Dan. Punts are not interesting. I don't care about punts. But what I do care about is fourth down conversions, failed or not. Like, you make them, cool. That's great. That's awesome. You know, if you don't, that's cool too. Actual defensive play, let's get it, man. Like, fourth downs being, like, an actual, like, play instead of just, nah, fuck it, we're out. You know, that's... Like to me like that's interesting football because now we have more plays worth of football. You know? I mean, hell, if they if they just straight up cut punters, I'd be happy. Um I don't okay. know if anybody's ready to do that, but my god, I wish.
0: No, but it it, it definitely is more interesting, and I've always you know, I, I've always thought teams should go for it more and fourth down. Um, because I, I think a lot of times, especially how high powered the offenses are these days, um, there's there is a better chance they're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Um but I I don't like the coaches that, you know, are buried in that stat sheet that say, you know, without taking into account anything else that happened, this is the distance, this is the time of the game, you know, the stat says go for it on fourth, and they just do it. And, you know, it's someone like Belichick who knows the analytics and says, statistically, I should probably go for it, but I don't feel good about this, this, and that, so I'm I'm going to punt. It's... You know, it's just using your brain, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we and you know, let's let's be real. Even though you want to fire him for some reason, mm. you know, we we trust Belichick's brain over everybody else's.
0: <laughs> I just told you I'm taking out of the station. No, I, no, if you I you
1: are clearly trying to fire <laughs> Belichick right this second. You probably got Robert Kraft on speed, though.
0: Yeah, well, that's between me and Robert. <laughs> Nobody calls him Robert. <laughs> no, you're
1: right. Oh man. So I but, mean, yeah, but baseball terrible. Um, yeah, absolutely. Speaking tell. of giant monolithic soulless companies, though, mm. a lot of, nice uh, tradition. there, there has, there's been a lot of, a uh, lot of video game companies getting bought out by a certain tech giant that, you know, might be Microsoft.
0: <laughs> Could be. Could Don't be.
1: Could be. Stay I mean, listen. Yeah. I uh, like, I'm just sitting there and I'm trying to formulate something about this. And just honestly, like I, it's weird because, you know, I mean, Obviously, like we talked about this enough. If you're if you have half a brain, you figured out. Like you know, Dan and I kind of lean towards the left on just about just most things, you know. Uh-huh. So, like you talk about labor dynamics, yeah, we want smaller companies, you know, more competition, et cetera, et cetera. But you look at Microsoft buying out Activision Blizzard. You look at them buying out Bethesda. It's really hard to feel bad about that. I mean, like, are, are, are we on the same page with it, or like, is it just me? Or?
0: in a in a a small sample getting microsoft to buy you know bethesda and blizzard i i like those moves because i don't know that i loved the direction that those companies are taking you know and blizzard's an easy one i mean we've shat on them oh my Um,
1: god yeah no blizzard serial sexual harassers incorporated
0: yeah and bobby kotick just an absolute piece of shit human um so they deserve that right like they they need new ownership (laughs) um as a as a pattern and i if sony starts doing it and you know god forbid valve they don't really need to but if they ever <laughs> did they throw their money behind anything um i don't know i i don't know that i would love it if it turned out to be a thing and and we wound up with you know three game com- companies and that's it
1: yeah yeah i i definitely i definitely don't want that i mean first of all does valve even make games anymore like serious question?
0: No, they just do Steam. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you? But
0: and the and the Steam Deck, which is the thing.
1: Oh, is that the portable one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't.
0: I just rolled out.
1: I don't know, man. I I have such a hard time like convincing myself to buy new consoles anymore because it's like, why wouldn't I just like I have a computer.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all I ever need.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a Switch, but that was because my wife bought it for me for Christmas, and I mean, it's dope. Like, I, I enjoy it, and, you know, believe me, when the new Pokemon comes out, we'll be all over that, but...
0: Oh, yeah, um. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but Nintendo's always done their own thing. Like, they're not... I, I don't see Nintendo getting involved in these all these buyouts. I know,
1: imagine like, Nintendo going out and buying, like, fucking, I don't know, Square Enix or something. Oh,
0: jeez. I, yep, I remember the... Nope, the... just got erected. <laughs> the first thing that i got pissed about in my life that i can remember is is when microsoft bought rare and i was so pissed because I, like that was that was when i first started getting into like being older than i was i guess i don't know <laughs> and i remember reading like rare basically said to nintendo like hey we're gonna go upstairs, sale do you want to buy us and nintendo just said no and then microsoft bought them I'm like what why would you say no to that because that was right around the time that we just got Banjo Kazooie, you know, Golden Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know, that was all the golden
1: age. Yeah,
0: awesome rare Nintendo, uh, you know, games together, and they're just like, nah, see you later. Yeah, like, it's just dumb.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and be an asshole though here for a second though. Did did Rare actually do anything after that? Because I feel uh, like they no. didn't.
0: No, they didn't. They tried. They tried to release a, another Banjo Kazooie on the Xbox. They did. Not the trash, and then a Perfect Dark re- uh, prequel that I don't think did very well either.
1: Yeah, I don't even remember hearing about that one. And I
0: loved Perfect Dark, honestly. Perfect Dark was awesome.
1: I got the game yeah, but- for four bucks because I went to, uh, I went to like this like video game camp in Washington one summer, and you got to go to like the Nintendo store within the, uh, like within the. Um, actual like Nintendo headquarters. So I got I okay. ended up getting Perfect Dark for like four bucks. It was so cool. What's the deal?
0: <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah, but Nintendo's just never been into that. So you know no, they they're, uh, they're,
1: they're like not in business to be in business. They're in business to do Nintendo stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez, if I if, if I could repick what game what company I was gonna be a fanboy of and I knew Nintendo was going to do this, I wouldn't have picked them. <laughs> They are a frustrating company. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh my God. Look, I, I, so I'm looking at this right now. Like, <laughs> they started making games for the Xbox in, what was it, 2003? They made Grab by the Ghoulies. That's trash. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, a bunch of, like, ports to Game Boy Advance, you know, for, and then let's see here. Cameo Elements of Power, that was trash. Yep. Uh, they made another Conquer game. That w- couldn't have been good. Perfect Dark Zero. Con- that was the that was the pretty yeah. you were talking about. That was 05. Yeah, that was
0: one. When- Yep.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Viva Pinata. I don't know. Banjo Kazooie, mm. Nuts and Bolts. I don't remember that okay. even coming out. They made Kinect Sports. Oh, they brought oh. a Killer Instinct out for Xbox. I didn't know that.
0: No, I didn't know either.
1: Oh, they made Sea of Thieves. Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, right.
0: okay. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So that's like the one thing they've done. I, I that really was in like 2018,
1: and like, yeah. So like, they you don't... want to talk about like good games? Like that was uh, like let's give them. Let's go back to like games that they made that were actually good. Uh going back, going back, going. I'll give them Conker's Bad Fur Day as a you know from two thousand one as a as a good game. Agreed.
0: Seventeen years. Yeah, it's a long ass time.
1: Yeah. So rare. Left Nintendo. Terrible idea.
0: Yeah, yeah I completely agree, and you know, just they. I, I was just really frustrated at the time, and you know, like all these buyouts bring it back up, and you know, of course, Microsoft has. More money than God, so like, what are they going to do with it? They might as Mm -hmm. as well buy out these companies, Um, you know. Again, and like a a case by case basis, I am kind of glad that someone bought Bethesda, and hopefully, you know, they they do it right. And can we maybe get get a new Elder Scrolls game more than once every eleven years? That would be nice instead of porting the same one to every goddamn thing in the world. I mean,
1: as I sit here playing Skyrim on my TI eighty six (laughs) calculator.
0: It's it's in everything. If it has a screen and buttons, you can port it over there.
1: (laughs) I mean, and and now granted, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, like, I know, I know, Elder Scrolls Online exists. Here's the thing: I don't care. Nope. Don't care. Like I like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go off on a little impromptu rant here. I would go ahead and go so far as to say, MMOs dead genre. Like there is nothing left in that entire. Just that that whole arena, that whole, that it is it is just hollowed out, mined out. There is nothing left in there. That is, they are scraping the bottom of that particular barrel at this point. Because what the fuck else is there? Like, what are you going to do? WoW has come and gone. Like, I, you know, I, you know, you can sit there and tell me about, oh, there's still so many millions of people playing it. Yeah, you know what? And guess what? There's still fucking millions of people playing fucking Pac-Man. And you think that's still the day of Pac-Man? I, I, I got the bridge to sell you. You know, you want to sit there and tell me, oh, well, Final Fantasy 14. Okay. So yeah, a bunch of fucking Final Fantasy nerds are still playing the same game. Well, guess what? They've been doing that since 1987. So here we are. You know, it. it, you can't sit there and tell me that gamers will just not just play the same fucking thing over and over again because they've decided that's what they like. Because guess what? They will. Um you know, and look, I, I do it myself too. Like and me and me and my thousands of hours in Skyrim or Civ three, not Civ four, not Civ five, not Civ six, <laughs> Civ three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, got that right. Yeah,
1: you know, like I, I'll fully, you know, throw myself in that category. But like, what the fuck are you getting out of MMOs these days? Like, the, I think the only thing that could ever actually get me excited about an MMO, we have talked about this, is if Nintendo actually makes a fucking Pokemon MMO. Not Pokemon Go. That's shit. I mean, like an actual, honest-to-good one. Like, I, I I would shit bricks for that. I would absolutely, you know, dive into my kid's college fund for that. But <laughs> they they won't do yeah. it. So here we are.
0: No, and, and the genre it just it just asks so much of you. And you know, it's it's different when you're just a college kid and you have all the time in the world. But you know, we're we're crotchety adults at this point, and you know, we, we don't have the time that we used to. But we have wives. We it's it's impossible to have time to do anything. So you 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 can't invest. I mean, how God Jesus? How many hours a week did I play WoW?
1: Oh my God! Like, can we can we not go into this? Because if my wife does hear this, I'm in deep shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we will we'll strategically not talk about that. <laughs> I think I,
1: I think I you know reasonably cut it back to like twenty or thirty when I started dating her, and then you know at, at least as far as she knew. <laughs>
0: and and that's just not enough time to play an MMO. And it's just you need to to be able to devote hours and hours, you know, throughout the day. And if you want to do the end game content and you need to do that at night, it's just, it's, it's hard to get into an MMO these days. So it's not surprising that the genre is kind of on its way out.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I just wanted to be real clear on that because I, you know, sometimes I think that people aren't sure about these things and it's important that we tell them.
0: Right. And, and our opinions
1: are the best, the greatest opinions of all time, really.
0: But, so speaking of opinions, I think hmm. you, uh, right before we started, you mentioned something that you want to talk about, Magic?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, speaking of ga- of games I enjoy playing, for one, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Magic Arena, uh, you know, this is not, like, anything groundbreaking, but there have been a couple of big updates the last few months. Uh, you know, a couple months ago, they came out with this whole new Alchemy format. Uh, you know, I, like many people, play Magic because it's an enjoyable game. It's also been the same general game that I've been playing since, I mean... Shit, when did I get my first cards? I was like seven, I think. Mm, yep. You know? So, like, back in, like, fourth edition. You know? So, a ways back. And, uh, I've enjoyed that. I like that. I like playing the game because, like, I don't have to do all the things, like, shuffling or finding people to play with or finding people to not play with because, like, <laughs> I feel like that's the most important thing if you're a magic player is you've <laughs> got to know who the
0: fuck to avoid. Oh, yeah. Know? There's, like, five people I hate.
1: Yeah. There's, like, you know, people who stink, people who, you know, don't play the game correctly, people who fucking cheat, people who, like, <laughs> you know, scratch their ass with their cards, people who are Mike.
0: Um, yeah, oh, fuck Mike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mike. <laughs> but, you know, you like you sit there and you're just like, you know, it's great. on, on, on But then Alchemy comes along and they're like, we're going to do all of these mechanics that are just super digital only, guys. And, you know, and I'm sitting there, like, I'm playing... Right now, there's an alchemy all-access event. So, it's basically, you just get to play alchemy with whatever deck you want. You don't have to actually own the cards. You just magically have them all in your your inventory. Great. Try out a couple of decks. That was the most objectionable experience I've ever had in my life. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like fucking Hearthstone, but with a dildo up your ass the whole time. Like, not in a good way. Like, just just very unpleasant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I i've been pretty strong into uh, mtg arena for a while and i quit right when that came out but it's the update that no one asked for like who who playing magic and especially magic online thoughts to themselves like i would really love if this was more like hearthstone i i thought that mtg really like it already had like it's you know it's path in the in the card game community but like Being an online card game that could compete with Hearthstone, because for the longest time, Hearthstone was number one. Mm. They took over that that title, and I thought MTG Arena gave them a run for their money, at the very least, because they were magic, and you could do it online. And then they're like, nah, we want to be more like Hearthstone for some reason.
1: Yeah, just, I'm with you. I do not understand the logic here. I do not understand why you would want to be more like a game that is not fun to play, because it's so fucking random. Like, I... I want to be able to play games against people who have the same set of cards that I do and have strategies that I can prepare against, you know, and, but you know, like that's so alchemy, terrible. Don't like it. Didn't ask for it. Don't know anybody who did, you know, it is what it is. Swing and a miss. That's fine. I'm actually, I will say, I don't mind them trying it. I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't need it, but I don't mind that it exists because like, that's a company like actually trying something new. And throwing it out there and seeing if it works. We should, we should want that. We should want new things like that. Because I'll tell you what does work and is new. The, the new set, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, they took the original Kamigawa stuff, which was, eh, I mean, no matter what the fucking Kamigawa fanboys on Reddit try to tell you, it was trash. It was a bad <laughs> set of sets. It was a bad block, however you want to phrase it. Like, just garbage cards. Um, but this new set they set it a thousand years in the future it ends up looking like you know magic crossed with anime and i'm not even an anime guy i i honestly i can't stand it like first of all why the hell does every 12 year old in japan have a fucking samurai sword that they could just carry to school with them i don't fucking get it um (laughs) (laughs) sorry i i could spend all day on that one but the you know neon dynasty just works so well like there's a lot of a lot of fun cards to play with, a lot of, like, new strategies. Like, I was, you know, that all-access deck, I was trying out this new enchantment deck that, that I was really enjoying. Just, like, you know, pump out a bunch of, like, real cheap ones, you know, with some trampling creatures and win quick. Um, I love me aggro enchantments. Like, that's that's just one of those deck types that, like, I just always just always have a special place in my heart for. But,
0: you faster you would.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, Dan? We can't all play mono black. Yeah, well, maybe you should. Actually, I have a really dope mono black control deck that I enjoy mm. too. Now you speaking my language. Yeah, I, I love control decks too. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy playing Magic.
0: <laughs> it's so fun. I, it's like one of those two that you, no, no matter what block that you you know you quit on or you come back on, you can generally just pick it up. They don't they do a good job of adding new rules and, and features and all that stuff without you know overturning the game on its head every time, so you don't feel lost when you come back. There's a little bit learning the new stuff, but it's it's generally pretty good.
1: I feel like Magic is just overall one of the best designed games that I've ever encountered just in terms of like the the flexibility of it, the you know, the way that it's you can you know, I mean you would have to explain some stuff, but you can play the same game that was released in 1994 with you know, the same cards today. Like it's just it's cool. It's cool like that. In that, like, it's a game that it updates itself and it speaks its own language. You look at formats like Commander, where you just like throw together a hundred cards in, you know, across all eras to make a deck that's centered around like one legendary creature. Like, that's that's really cool too. I mean, so you know, like on on Magic, I play a lot of Brawl and Historic Brawl myself. Uh, so, yeah, I just you know wanted to shout out Arena for that. You know, again, like Ar- Alchemy, don't like it, but I appreciate that they tried it and Kamigawa you know just great new set I, you know love them actually like trying new shit the story stuff too is fun too like I always enjoy that and like there's you know the scenes are back and they're just one of the I, you know they're one of my favorite like villains in general just like you know evil flesh seeking cyborg machines of death and stuff you know that's fun that's fun And
0: <laughs> yeah, just here a standard run of the mill enemies <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> oh man yeah but yeah Ah, oh, man, what else is going on? What else, what else has got your, uh, got your balls on a twister?
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, it's that time of year again we talk about, potentially, or as we have already decided, the greatest candy that ever has existed. And that is the Cadbury Cream Egg. Oh
1: yeah. That's the shit right there.
0: They're yeah, back the, in stores hey, now. They sure are, and I, and I made sure to pick them up as soon as I saw them.
1: I forget. Did I tell you about my friend who uh, actually brought back like British Cadbury eggs for me one time when she went to London? Because oh. she did. Yeah. No, this, it's this one mm. woman I work with. She's like, she's big on traveling and shit. So she went to London one year and, I, and she's like, do you want anything from London when I get back? Because I'm going to like get people souvenirs. And I'm just like, I just want British Cadbury eggs.
0: <laughs> that sounds incredible. <laughs>
1: yeah. And my thought was like, she'll, she'll never remember. She won't bring them back. You know, whatever. But she did. She brought me back like a whole fucking big ass Ziploc baggie full of them. <laughs> oh, give me all that. They're they're so good. Like I, I, I the American ones are just fine, but like the you know the British ones are, are out of this fucking world. And I don't know if it's just from like smuggling them overseas or what, but <laughs> but yeah, they're <laughs> back in stores. The chocolate cream ones. You get the caramel ones. I, I I miss the orange cream ones that they used to have too. But I don't think I don't know if they're bringing those back.
0: No, it doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's only the, at least the store that I, I went to. I did not find the caramel ones, but I got the cream ones, and that's all I care about. Uh, that's my my main focus. But yep. I would certainly not turn down the caramel one.
1: I mean, I wouldn't turn down any of them. Like, if you threw a chocolate no. one in my face, I'd be like, all right, I'll eat that. You know, yep. I, I even, I like the, uh, I mean, it's the same thing, just different color. But, like, I like the Cadbury Scream Eggs, too, that you get around Halloween. Mm. Like, whoever thought of that is a fucking genius, because why have they not been coming up with these for, like, every fucking holiday?
0: They should really just do what Reese does and just find a way to get them for every holiday out right. there.
1: Because, I mean, like, that's the only thing. Like, the only reason in our top ten candies, which, please check out that podcast, you know, <laughs> the only reason Reese's, seasonal Reese's, beat out Cadbury eggs in our podcast is because they're available all the damn time. You know? All we, yeah, And which also leads me to another thing. We as America really need, like, a midsummer holiday. Like, we need to settle on a day that we just declare as a fucking holiday. Like, I know there's the 4th of July, but then you've got, like... June and August are just like fucking barren like and you know I get it you know summer vacation nobody really needs time off blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah no no what I need is fucking like Reese's fireworks or Reese's like something else for some August holiday that I haven't heard of yet you know like have like shit have like National Reese's Day
0: yeah uh, <laughs> I would love National Reese's Day Yeah, I
1: give me a holiday for that right there
0: yeah, August needs a holiday more than anything, because July 4th is so early in July, and then from then until, f- what, fuck, Labor Day in September?
1: Yeah, and then Labor Day, the only thing about Labor Day is just you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, summer's over.
0: Yeah, so we, yeah, we need we need something in there, and I think Greasy Day is the uh, leader in the clubhouse right now.
1: So I thought you said Greasy Day there for a second, and I'm just like, yes, mm. like, greasy, like, burgers, fries, you know, I mean, mozzarella I steaks. I no that either. Just an entire deep-fried Reese's Day. Oh my god, deep-fried Ooh. Reese's.
0: Yep, that's it.
1: Well, we hit it.
0: All right, that's yep, we, it. We, we, have the winner. we have peaked. <laughs> yep, you are welcome, society.
1: Yep. And of course, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the, the entire podcast is just a timer on how long we can go without with turning it without turning this into a bunch of fart jokes. And quite frankly, a greasy day would end up just being a fart fest.
0: Oh, you would fart anyone out of that room? Yeah, <laughs> <I> sure would. <laughs> well, I, I think we hit all the, uh, the targets. Did you have anything else that you wanted to rant about?
1: Um... Fuck Putin, I think I I think I could say that one safely. Yeah, you know, go Ukraine, all written for you.
0: Yeah, they uh, Zelensky has uh, some big brass balls there, and uh, had respect for him. He he just
1: he really did just like you know this guy literally said I don't need I don't need a ride I need ammunition like that. Somebody has got to have that on a fucking t shirt.
0: Yeah, I, I just from a world leader too, like not. Regardless of what party you're from, and we'll we'll say it to both of them, I can picture Trump or Biden like saying that out loud to anyone. Like they no. would take that first trip out.
1: No, and that's the thing. Like the dude is apparently like a former like actor. Like so, can you imagine like, well, oh, okay, you know what? Actually, because I was gonna say, can you imagine the Rock saying that? But yes, yes, I can. Like, <laughs> the, yeah,
0: the Rock would say that.
1: <laughs> the Rock would absolutely just walk right up and punch Putin in the face.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would take my money on the Rock on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Terrible example, but. <laughs> oh but yeah that's uh that's about all i've got for the night
0: (laughs) i i I think uh that's a pretty good place to stop it then uh so for that i'm danny and i'm donnie this this has been a mega bros podcast